0: Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding recovery podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode.
1: Hey, guys, Buddy C. Welcome, everyone. Happy to have Marla and Kate and Craig and Zach with us today. Let's start with a moment of silence. Get centered. Find that Find that emptiness, and let's uh, see if we can hear something from within today. Okay, okay. 32nd chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Well, it was funny. We were talking about this for a minute before we started, how each of us seems we either heard something different or didn't hear anything at all. I don't think Craig heard anything. Did you hear anything at all, Craig? Craig?
2: Mr. my I think my my initial perception of this is were, was that Lao Tzu had a, a spare page and he had to write something down on it, and <laughs> I think he just put the rest of his ramblings on it. I took a little bit from it, but not as much as. But I dare say I've missed quite a bit of it. I, I, but in all fairness, I did read the Diet version, and there was a lot more in the Diet version than just in the translations. And um, I think Dyer wasn't a, 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 a bigger a bigger picture of everything.
3: I, th- I think there's a lot of repetition in the chapters, so it's just trying to drive home the point that the way the Tao, is the only way.
1: I like I like the idea in this one. Uh, for me, I, I saw guidance in this how to how to live a a life a flow. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that in this. Okay, well, let's get started. Kate, you ready to read? I am ready. All right.
4: Okay, let's start with the first translation. The Tao is forever undefined. Small though it is in the unformed state, it cannot be grasped. If kings and lords could harness it, the ten thousand things would come together and gentle rain fall. Men would need no more instruction and all things would take their course. Once the whole is divided, the parts need names. There are already enough names. One must know when to stop. Knowing when to stop averts trouble. Tao in the world is like a river flowing home to the sea. All right, the second translation. The Tao can't be perceived. Smaller than an electron, it contains uncountable galaxies. If powerful men and women could remain centered in the Tao, all things would be in harmony. The world would become a paradise, all people would be at peace, and the law would be written in their hearts. When you have names and forms, know that they are provisional. When you have institutions, know where their functions should end. Knowing when to stop, you can avoid any danger." All things end in the Tao as rivers flow into the sea. Third translation. The Tao is nameless and unchanging. Although it appears insignificant, nothing in the world can contain it. If a ruler abides by its principles, then her people will willingly follow. Heaven would then reign on earth like sweet rain falling on a paradise. People would have no need for laws because the law would be written on their hearts. Naming is a necessity for order, but naming cannot order all things. Naming often makes things impersonal, so we should know when naming should end. Knowing when to stop naming, you can avoid the pitfall it brings. All things end in the Tao, just as the small streams and the largest rivers flow through valleys to the sea. Final translation. Dao is an eternal mystery so small you can never take hold of it. If a leader gets right with Dao, people will follow him on instinct. All will be right with the world. People will do the right thing without being told. Everything that comes from Dao needs a name. But once everything has its name, you should make no other distinction between things. This prevents you from being tra- becoming trapped by them. Everything in the universe is full of Tao and leads to Tao, just like the water in rivers that flows into oceans.
1: Comments before. We begin?
3: So, just as you were talking to about Zach a little earlier about how you, you you pray on it, you do the and you do the next right thing, and things happen for you. That's kind of like what the Tao is. Without, it, I saw this whole thing without. When we name things, that's when we try to control and define them and become attached to them. So the Tao is telling us, you know, yeah, you can name it, but try not to define it so harshly. And, and, you know, because the Tao is in everything. It is everything. That's kind of what I got out of it.
2: Or possibly become identified with it. Mm -hmm. I I think that's maybe what it meant by getting trapped by it. Right. You know, if we, if we identify something as good or bad, then we're, we're always going to have that preconception of what it is. Right. Um, the fact that it could change. I think that's maybe um, one of the other verses. Um, it says, no, it's talking about naming things. It says, "Know that they are provisional, which lets you know that things Things are always open to change. How about, how about when we
1: name things, a lot of times it's a level of control too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to place that thing in a box.
3: We try to control things by defining it.
1: So that, I think that's part of that.
3: That happens, I think, it, to relate it to recovery or, or alcoholism is, you know, I thought I cannot live without using every day. How, how do people do this and live sober? And then I changed. <laughs>
1: And how are you doing it, Marla? How how are you how are you doing that? What's what's the thing that changed?
3: A a spiritual connection, a stronger spiritual connection, is has changed.
1: You know, it's interesting too. With character defects, this just came to mind. Uh, We we don't have to understand what every aspect of a fear that we're having to be relieved of it. To surrender it, the understanding of it is not necessary. It's the surrender that's necessary.
3: But how do you surrender if you don't understand
1: it? Well, you can surrender the feeling, but you don't have to be totally, as far as um, understand every aspect of it, to surrender is what I'm saying. It's not in the knowledge. The knowledge is not how we get relief. It's in the surrender that we get relief. So, uh, for me, I can surrender things that I don't fully understand. So, I think in the same way, I've spent time before trying to identify things and get stuck in that, um, where this says that knowing when to stop naming, you can avoid the pitfalls it brings. Mm-hmm. Part of that, this labeling business, like with God, for example, I had God in this box when I came into recovery that would not allow me to recover. So when I heard the word God, this preconceived thing came in that I automatically put these limits and these restrictions and what, what that was. And it kept me from recovering. For six years it took before I could break that box down to the point that I was able to stop drinking.
3: I had the same experience as, you know, putting God in a box. And now I see there are, it's every, he's everywhere. It's everywhere in everyone. And if you just listen and look, you know, you can hear gems from people. Oh,
1: yeah. It's interesting how all of these translations end with water flowing to the ocean, right? All four. Think about this. A drop of water falls from the sky. I I, I shared this the other day in a meeting, had no idea that it was going to be so applicable to this a few days later, which is proving my point. Uh, Relating guidance in our lives to the relationship between water and gravity follow me a drop of water falls out of the sky gravity is working on that drop of water from the very moment it's formed actually probably it helps to form it and pull it out of this cloud okay it's working the entire time we see rainfall we say oh it's raining we don't say Well, there's gravity pulling the rain. The gravity's doing, you know, but the whole time that's happening, right? It never stops. Gravity is at work. Actually, that's the only power that the water would have to move is gravity, right? Yeah. has no power of its own. Yeah. So it falls out of the sky, and let's say it's up in the mountain somewhere. It falls out. We might see water roll over a rock in a stream on the way down. So while well, that water's moving fast, we don't really see what's think about what's behind it. What's behind it is the force of gravity against the velocity and the and the you know um, the uh, slope that the water's you know all those things. We don't think about that. We see water running over a rock and the water's moving fast. Well, gravity's pulling the waters. So what's mm-hmm. happening? Okay. So we really don't see what's behind it. We just see what's happening. But the whole time. Gravity is pulling that water all the way, all the way till that water makes it all the way to the ocean. Okay, if it, uh, so that whole process of water going into bigger streams, to rivers, to the whole thing, gravity's at work the whole time, and the whole time that water is water, no matter if it's stuck in a pond somewhere or wherever it is whatever's happening with it, or if it evaporates and goes back up again and starts the process again, it's still water, okay? So we, we sometimes in our life, in my thinking, I think the whole time we have this um, uh, providence, this path before us, and we don't always see it as that. But that's what's behind it that I see. Especially if I look in gratitude, I can see it, and I can see where you know God's been working in my life. I, I may not see it at the moment, just like you know water's running over a rock and down the stream. But behind it, there's this force that's moving it the entire time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and and the water doesn't back up. You know, let's say it's dammed up somehow. It doesn't get mad about it and then go back upstream and start over again and come at it harder, you know? <laughs> it just it just waits for gravity. Gravity's pulling it right then, just as much as it was pulling it before. And it's just waiting to go wherever it can, wherever gravity takes it.
3: And so you're relating that to the human
1: condition? Yes. Uh as far as our guidance
3: okay it's as, far like as it.
1: how we um, how we're led in life and how how many times do you see what you're doing right now and the things that's you've done before that have contributed and helped with what's going on right now I mean mm-hmm. I can see where I've done uh, like jobs I've had before and learned things that I use now in other ways that I wouldn't know to do if I hadn't have had that past job or or hadn't have known that person um for me well one big example of that is that i i had a guy in my uh in my home group that was sick in the hospital that i didn't like didn't like the guy he's one of these old guys that's just cranky and you know everybody's got those okay in their in their in their meetings okay so i didn't like him but I felt like I need to go visit him at the hospital. He was sick. No one encouraged me to. My sponsor didn't tell me I had to. You know, none of that stuff. You know, I just, you know, I just said, okay. I said I'd I need to go visit. You know, I'll go visit him. So I went and visited him. Come to find out, he was doing this uh, um, this email that he sent out every day, and he had ten thousand people on this email list that got all of these emails every day with all of the AA. Uh, the Daily AA Readers, and he sent it by hand every night, and had no one to turn this over to when he passed away. Got to know him, and he asked me if I would take care of that for him, and I said, "Sure, I will." Now he's still alive, and I'm helping him with it. His transitions daily. Anyone out there that wants a daily reader, it's dailyaaemails.com. So you can go there and see what. And there's a lot of podcasts at the bottom of that page too. That, that I placed. And so when I started helping him, I did automated it and did some things, got us approved as an online AA group even. So we're all set with AA and all of that. And I asked him, I said, do you mind if I contact some podcasts? There's some people who listen to podcasts who might, who could benefit from this. So I got to know all the people in podcasts from going and visiting the guy in the hospital. And I got to know all of you from that because I wouldn't have been here doing this if it wouldn't have been for that. Right. So all of that was part of this stream (laughs) of doing the next right thing and that leading to the next thing and that leading to the next. And when we miss it, it's not about backing up and going back and being all, you know, living in guilt for a while because we did the wrong thing. It's just looking for the next thing to do. You know, not stressing over it and just doing it. And that's what we were talking with Zach about before the things, before we started uh, uh, the meeting today. Uh, Zach was involved in some um, uh, online, an online business that helped him and led him to what he's doing now. He's in uh, Liberia working with Orphan Aid Liberia doing, uh, helping feed orphans. And all of that happened from, what he had done before. So, I, and I think that's how this thing works. Um, and when we get caught up in these, um, um, in trying to control and, and trying to fix and not just flowing with what's going on, then uh, we can get stopped and, and, and get off this path that brings us peace and joy, you know. Anything? Okay. Jack, you have anything
0: on me? Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, When we first, uh, you know, I came over here for a one-year commitment, and I had a very specific project in my head uh, that needed to be done in this one year. And uh, it's funny how Liberia uh, works, or probably any third world country, is um, you have no control (laughs) when you get over here. Uh, no matter how big you think you made your plans or how specific you made them. uh, So I'm seeing that uh, come to light uh, right in front of my eyes here. And uh, the places that God has been steering me have been totally uh, far away from what I actually think that I need to be doing. And I actually, you know, gave the project a name and said, this is what needs to be done. And, you know, my first month of being here, I have not been able to really plant roots and do that. Um, But uh, he's, the, you know, Whatever has been done has been uh, exactly what has needed to be done, as I've seen. Uh, and I've seen so much fruit come from that of just kind of rolling with the flow and just letting Liberia take me where it needs to go or w- let my higher power take me where I need to go and get what really needs to be done and not what Zach needs to be done. So I have yeah. to continue to, to, to stay that path. Yeah, I can see that a lot in, there, in this reading. Cool.
1: Wise. Very Wise. A um, couple of quotes out of that that I really liked. Um, it's interesting. He starts with the Tao is forever undefined. He starts by telling you, you're never going to define the Tao. The first sentence that, that Kate read, the Tao is forever undefined. No matter how many times we try to label, it is undefinable. All things, um, men would need no more instruction and all things would take their course. Once the whole is divided, the parts need names. When we start the control, we start identifying and putting things in their boxes. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else in here before we go on.
4: Once I think everything,
1: we, go ahead, I'm sorry.
4: I think we separate like the last two paragraph sections you know it's saying everything that comes from the final translation everything that comes from down needs a name you know i think we we separate things off and define things um but then it's going on to talk about the river and we're all i kind of see this of as, as you know we we separate things off we we try to define things and separate ourselves off, but we're all kind of, it's kind of saying we're all part of this river that leads into this big ocean of like Tao itself. Does that kind of make sense?
3: Yeah. Cause we're all, we're really all one.
4: We're all one, but we're, we try to separate ourselves off and divide ourselves up. Right. But actually That's- we're all part of this. Like eternal mystery Tao.
1: We're all part of the body, right?
4: Right. We're all part of this big mystery that is undefinable.
1: And the problem with
3: humans is we like to separate, we're we're terminally unique. We like to separate ourselves from everyone else. Right.
1: One of my least favorite sayings when I started in recovery was, everything is as it should be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with that. Nothing was as it should be in my thinking. (laughs) What are you talking about? What kind of fucking life do you have that you think everything is as it should be? You must, you know, what, what is this? And I would just be inside just steaming, you know, (laughs) when this little lady would say this and I'm like, "Ah!" you know, it
3: makes sense now though, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Let me read you. uh, This is a, a transitions daily i mean a, a daily reflection from february 12th that i marked for us to talk about and it's interesting how how this fits in with what we're talking here and i marked it to talk about before i knew this was what we were talking about today uh the root of our troubles this is from february 12th selfishness self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles how amazing the revelation that the world and everyone in it can get along just fine with or without me. Yeah. What a relief to know that people, places, and things will be perfectly okay without my control and direction, (laughs) without my labeling, right? Uh, And how wordlessly wonderful to come to believe that a power greater than me exists separate and apart from myself. I believe that the feeling of separation I experience between me and God will one day vanish. The separation will go away. In the meantime, faith must serve as a pathway to the center of my life. And I like to think of love serving as a pathway rather than faith. Faith works by love. Yeah. And so um, I, I think love is that pathway to the center. So that's what they're saying is we don't have to control things, and this path leads us back. It's the light turning around, looking at ourself. So that's where, we, you know, we, we spend time when things aren't the way they, we think they should be. We're out here looking around, figuring out how to change it, when in reality we'd be much better off if we could take that light, flip it around, <laughs> and look within, you know. Look within, because that's where the the issue is uh, with us. You know, yeah, it's with us. So the change has to come from me. Comments, Zach. If you got, if you can't figure it out on your phone to mute, let me know, and I'll raise your hand and I'll unmute you. Okay. Um, how about the Wayne Dyer? you got that handy, decry- Craig.
2: So, 32? Yes, sir. 32. So, the translation from Wayne Dyer. The eternal doubt has no name. Although simple and subtle, no one in the world can master it. If kings and lords could harness them, the 10,000 things would naturally obey. Heaven and earth would rejoice with the dripping of sweet dew. Everyone would live in harmony, not by official decree, but by their own goodness. Once the whole is divided, the parts need names. There are already enough names. Know when to stop. Know when reason sets limits to avoid peril. Rivers and streams are born of the ocean, and all creation is born of the doubt. Just as all water flows back to become the ocean, all creation flows back to become the doubt. All creation. I took more out of that translation than the, the other four translation. I think this is a better version. Um, I think it. Kind of I, I like
1: what he had to say. Yeah. A lot of times I don't, but today I really, I, I really liked what he had to say about this.
2: Well, I liked, I liked it that much. I even broke out my highlighter and actually highlighted something. <laughs> well, what did Stop. you highlight, Craig? I highlighted the um, it, it's talking about paying attention to the flow of your life. Page 159 it says, remind yourself that you don't have to be in charge, that in fact it's impossible for you to be in charge. The nameless force which Lao Tzu calls the Tao moves everything, so your continual argument with it only causes dissatisfaction. Each day practice letting go and seeing where you're directed. Take note of who shows up and when. Observe the strange coincidences that seem to collaborate with fate and in some way steer you in a new direction. Keep track of situations that occur spontaneously or out of the realm of your control. Well, Spontaneously <laughs> or out of the realm of your control. Yeah, so by spontaneously, I, I think he's talking about the things that I think that I've actually done, but it's nothing to do with me. It's things that have just actually actually happened. Right.
1: Isn't that amazing when that happens, that we, we think we're the ones accomplishing all, you know, that, that's got to be a God of love. Yeah. That would allow me to take credit for something that this entity did. Yeah. Out of grace and mercy. And I'm sitting here thinking I did it myself.
3: Yeah. No. <laughs> There's our ego.
2: Yeah. Naturally we did. Because we don't we we don't want to give credit to anybody else. We want to big ourselves up and say, I did that. Um, so yeah, there's 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 a lot of things happen that I still put down to put down to coincidences. Um and it's not until somebody points out the fact that I've had absolutely nothing at all to do with it. It's just a, a series of events that I've ended up involved in. Um that's why things have come to pass. It's just things that I see and I I think that I've still got that, that huge control over it. And,
1: and I think that's where true guidance is. You know, I, I want my life laid out for me every day for the rest of my life and I Mm -hmm. want to be able to see it all and track it. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people and that's just not how it works. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. It hasn't for me when I let go and say, okay, I have to be okay with kind of like really walking a rough trail at night with a dim flashlight and i can't see what's way out in front of me i can only see enough to make the next step and i make the next step then i can see the next one then i can see the next one because if i try to see what's out here i'm going to trip up and fall i got to look at what my feet where my feet are you'll be back in the moment
3: but does that negate setting goals for ourselves you know I mean, not a goal like, yeah, I wanna make, you know, a hundred grand next year, but a goal like you know.
1: Yeah, that's the I, I don't think there's anything wrong for for me, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with with setting some goals saving money, doing doing some smart things. Okay. But yeah. getting caught up in those and thinking that my value is in what I have or what I accomplish, there, there's a real truth in yeah. a lot of our reading about doing your work and then letting it go because yes. letting it go makes it stay is what it what's said. So when, when I let go of the expectations and the outcome, I think I am creating space and room, creating emptiness there to leave room for our higher power to do something in that. That's um, that makes sense. That, that's how um that's how it's working, because when I let go, then things just seem to work out, and I have to have this faith really that that's going to happen, or I can't do that. Okay, that makes
0: sense. Yeah, you got something Zach? that yeah that reminded me of the book that you suggested uh, I read uh, about six months ago, "Letting Go" by Hawkins. Was his last name, Hawkins? Right. Um, when he gave the example of the apartment that he wanted, it was something that he wanted, uh, but in order to uh, uh, get that, he decided just to write it down exactly what he wanted. I'm sure you guys, uh, I'm pretty sure you've read the book as well, but he wrote the specs of what he wanted, where he wanted it, how much he wanted it, and then he let it go. And then every time it creeped up in his mind, the want of, of wanting this apartment, he let it go again. And uh, he just continued to do that where he didn't think about it until one day he just, Got led right into the exact apartment that uh, he needed or he wanted, and uh, it just kind of fell into his lap.
3: It's that, that apartment seemed too good to be true, but I believe some of it. And like you know, a rent-controlled apartment on Central Park West, you know, five hundred dollars a month.
2: I think the difference is I think the difference is mainly between setting a goal and setting an expectation for yourself.
3: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I, th- I think the
2: reference in that one is that you had a goal. But he wasn't pushing it. Right. This was this was something he wanted to achieve. But at the same time, I don't think if he if he hadn't achieved it, he wouldn't sit and beat himself up about it like we would. Um, well, that's that's why that's why I don't go in for the realms of making resolutions. I'll set a goal. If I achieve that goal, then that's fantastic. But I also appreciate the fact. And also in one of the other translations it says um, talking about going back to the names, know that when they are know know that they are provisional. My goals can always change. Um, but I've still got the accountability. So I'll always say to people, right? that's that's what I'd planned, but this is, what's, this is what's changing and this is this is why it's changing. And I think as long as I've always got that accountability, I won't beat myself up because as long as I've people guiding me, I'm not just going to go on my own course and, and make the usual Craig Hash of it um, that I usually do. But I think setting yourself up for a goal is a, a perfectly healthy thing. I think if we don't have goals and we're just going to sit and fester and, and nothing's going to get done, you won't have fantastic people like Zach out there doing the work that he's doing. <laughs> um, yeah. If, if we build up an expectation of ourselves and what we're going to do, and we don't do it, then you know we we, we don't we don't meet our expectations because things like complacency setting or families come along, and you know there's there's things that are, there's so many things that are out with our control that are going to stop us realizing these expectations. Um, and I think if we don't realize the expectations, and that's when grudges and resentments are going to kind of creep in because we're going to hold somebody else to blame for these things not happening. Um, so I think it's a fine line, we having a goal and an expectation. I think goals, goals are healthy, and expectations are kind of detrimental to uh, where I could be. And and with with this
1: apartment thing with uh, Hawkins, he had put forth a lot of effort to find an apartment. Had been looking for one for a long time.
3: Yeah. I know.
1: And what he did was he surrendered it to the point to where he said, "You know, I'm just going to surrender it." And if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. I'm going to quit obsessing over this apartment. Really was what it got down to. So he surrendered it to the point that it was okay if it was it happened. It's okay if it didn't. And I think the surrender business that makes a difference is when we're able to surrender to the point where we lose our expectation, you know, to where we surrender that, you know, where... It's okay if it does. It's okay if it doesn't. If we can get to that point in surrender, then it doesn't matter. And then I think that's where we have that emptiness that we allow room for that to to take place for us. If we're, you know, in this, in this letting go part. So I know we got off on that, but, you know, it's really about, for me, just, looking for the next right thing and just staying there now there's a difference between self-help which this is the big thing with recovery Uh, we have a we have a lot of self-help resources in recovery so that's what you're talking about marla is goals and what what is our part in this really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: right yes
1: oh and i have this conversation often we've talked about this a lot I, I take the view of my part is less, that we have access to more than what's available to us by our, our own intellect and our own abilities. If, if all I'm doing is self-help, all I'm going to get is the best buddy that's available. That's all I'm going to get. But if I'm able to surrender buddy, uh, let go of buddy, I have access to a lot more than Buddy. Indeed. So I think that's the difference. And finding that balance between living in the world and goals and all the things that we have to, you know, that we do and doing that in a surrendered way that we're not labeling, that we're not controlling, that we're allowing ourselves to go with the flow and not getting trapped by these things. What does it say? Getting trapped by naming the things. Once we name them, then they trap us. Yeah. Uh, once everything has its name, you should make no other distinction between things. This prevents you from becoming trapped by them, from becoming trapped by the things. I mean, how often have I been trapped by the things? Even getting trapped by the things in recovery. Yeah. I, mean, I can get trapped, you know, when... when when I think Buddy has the answer, I am trapped. I am trapped. It, it's about learning to live in that flow and not getting trapped. So how do I? How do I, If I'm tra- if I don't know what the next thing is to do, what do I do?
3: Right. What do you do? You sit back, lay on the couch, and do nothing. Or I mean,
1: yeah. What do you do? What do you do? What
3: do you do? Which is kind of what I'm faced with.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Any suggestions?
3: <laughs> I am going to start a class. I'm starting a, a you know a class with a, a another friend of mine who's in the 25 years sober. That's one thing, but you know, I got a lot of time on my hands.
0: What do you do, Zach? Page 86 um, in the Bay Book. Do what? I? I, I'm a page 86 in the Big Book kind of guy. When you face a decision, uh, you kind of just go to take a minute and make sure you find your inner self. Whatever that looks like to you, it's it's obviously different. But uh, notice that this is not somewhere you want to be right now and kind of take a moment to to follow that breath or to to the the, the dial or your spirit or whatever that may be and uh, just take that moment. Where I used to, I would just fast forward to see how fast I could mess this up um, now I can, hey, notice I don't like this feeling at all. Something's not right here, and why was stopping me from just just stopping completely right now, and taking a second, or taking five, or taking however minute, many minutes it, it takes. Uh, so that's the, my biggest gift I found between the program and this, uh, and the Dao and all that. Page so. eighty six. That's my. Not saying that I do it all the time, but <laughs> it's, I sure I do try. I feel like
3: such a sloth next to you.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the uh,
1: for me, you know, it's funny. I've I've been um, I've started a new business, so in the last year, I've had weeks that I've had no real work to do because I've been waiting on people and doing things, and I felt a little bit like I'm not doing enough. So what I realized I needed to do when I did not know the next thing to do is what my sponsor always told me, which was go help somebody. Yeah. Now, if love, if faith works by love, what was that last sentence that I read out of that daily reflection? It was, uh, I believe that the feeling of separation I experience between me and God will one day vanish. In the meantime, faith must serve as a pathway to the center of my life, and I know faith works by love. So I think love for me would serve. Actually, I took in my book and I scratched faith out and put love in its place. Uh, in the meantime, love must serve as a pathway to the center of my life because I can't see faith, but I can see love. I can. I can do love. Love's an action.
3: You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A, God, God is love. Feeling. Right. That's what we learn. That's what I believe. So when, when I have concern and love for someone, I'm sharing God with them. That is God. It's not something God does. God is love is, is what I believe and what I've learned. So, uh, and that's what I've experienced. If I don't know what to do. I ask my higher power to send me someone I can do something for. What can I do right now for somebody? And that always gets me off of wherever I am stuck. Always, always, always. And it has never failed. Now, it may be something I'm not wanting to do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember one time when I told God I wanted to start serving, uh, I was sent a guy to go visit in the nursing home every Friday for two years, every Friday. I go buy his groceries and, you know, it was a guy that was in AA that had gotten him. I mean, it didn't happen exactly like that, but that's what happened. And, and I was like, I got into it a few months and I said, you know, I'm over here every Friday driving 20, 30 mile, 20, 25 miles over to the neighboring town where he's at, taking him to a meeting buying his groceries for him, his little thing, you know, and when people get old, they're, they're not as nice as they, some, you know, he didn't like some things. I'm like, fuck, I'm coming over here and doing all this for you. And you want to complain? You know, I couldn't do that. (laughs) You know, I'm so important. You know, I'm taking a day of business, half a day for sure. And going over and doing all of this, you know? And so, uh, but I, I wasn't that, you know, that's how I felt sometimes, but I learned to say is what it is. And I, took him to his meeting and we'd go buy, I'd go buy him groceries and all this and it's going on every week. And after a while I looked on the checkout sheet and I was the only one that was taking him out of there for months at a time. He would not have left the nursing home if I would not have been there. And and I just, I'm having a hard time, you know, not tearing up about that now, you know, that, and it hit me <laughs> how important what I was doing was, you know? In Yiddish, we call that a mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah. Mitzvah work. (laughs) That's, that's the kind of things that I think God sends us. And I said, you know, I said, this is the most important thing I could be doing. And he, and he told me, he said, buddy, I appreciate everything. You know, there were a couple other people that helped him too. You know, I did some things for him, but one day he said, buddy, I really appreciate everything you've done for me and all these things. I said, Jim, I said, I'm not the important part of this. I said, if I hadn't done it, God had sent somebody else. I said, you're the important part of this, not me. And I believe that to be true now. And that's one thing I learned from that whole that whole thing. So sometimes we don't know where God's putting us or what's going on. I I think it's just important that we just learn to love people where we're at. You know, if there's someone that's unlovable in our life. Let's learn to love them and see where that goes. It'll
3: and make us feel better.
1: God. You know, <laughs> you know, we're waiting on God to show us to do something, and He's got people right in front of us that we need to be loving on. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That's that's where I start. That's
3: wise. That's a wise way to live.
1: It's just that's a wise way to want to live, Marla.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 to want to live. Okay. <laughs>
1: I don't always do it, dear. I, I try, but uh, it's uh, – I tell you, that, but that's a practice. That's part of this whole – because recovery is not about recovery. It's about learning to live spiritually fit. It, it's, right. it's making your way up this, this mountain that we're all – that people that are not in recovery are going up too. So learning how to – for me, learning to turn that light around and living in what's going on in here. Learning to live in love, really. Um, Anything else we need to talk about out of these commentaries? No, pretty pretty potent meaning. I like a couple of things out of the Derek Lynn. When you wield the Tao to govern your life, every aspect of it, mental, spiritual, physical, will also fall into line naturally. You know, and this is really talking about learning how to live a natural way of life. I think really that, is one of the best descriptions for me is this just naturally happening. You know, it's not something that I've got to make happen or force or push. It's just letting it. It's almost like you're an observer of your own life. When you start
2: walking in this,
1: have you seen that Craig?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I picked up, um, the, the diet book as well, because you uh, mid reference to Alan Watts. Yeah. Um, and the, the quote for Alan Watts was: "Let your ears hear what, whatever they want to hear, let your eyes see whatever they want to see, let your mind think whatever it wants to think, let your lungs breathe in their own rhythm. Do not expect any special result. For in this wordless and idealist state, where can there be past or future, and where any notion of purpose? So it's just a, it's just with really a case of powerlessness and lack of control, and just just doing doing what what comes."
1: Lao Tzu urges you to know when to stop driving yourself, advising you to instead jump into the oneness and avoid all manner of difficulties that he calls your peril. Flow with the Tao in everything you do. Give up the need to be in charge, which is just your ego working overtime. You cannot force the Tao. Let it carry you by relaxing into it with trust and faith relaxing into it in faith. That ease of life. Wow. That's good. Any closing thoughts? Did we cover what you guys, anything else out of any of those readings y'all want to? That truly is going with the flow. And For me, it starts with what can I do for somebody, not what can somebody do for me? If I take any situation where I'm not going with the flow, if there's not peace and joy in, the first question I should ask is, how can I inject love into this situation? How can I be of service here? How can I do for someone in this rather than what can they do for me? How can I get? And if I start in that direction, then it seems to just unfold.
3: And you can live a life of ease
1: rather than ease. You know, that's not a life on the couch watching Big Valley reruns. You know, that's... That's, <laughs> that's Big Valley. Big Valley. You don't remember Big <laughs> Valley, Marla? Big Valley, no. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Evans and all. When I was a kid, there were two things on TV if you were off on, for, for school. It was Bonanza and Big Valley. So that's how <laughs> you could watch. <laughs> so you're not on the couch watching reruns from the 50s. You know, you're, uh, you're doing something. It was just so important that when we when we don't know what to do instead of sitting in ourself and having the pity party or or what can I do for me learning to just just one time take the effort and say, you know, what can I do for somebody instead of what what can I do for me? And see if that doesn't lead where it needs to go. Maybe, you know, that's the well a hole in the dam that's holding you back yeah anything else guys before we go no good meeting i just said nice to meet you zach yeah hopefully zach will be back he uh this is the time he goes and picks his kids up from school he has not only is him and his wife there but two three-year-olds and a two-year-old yeah (laughs) outstanding fun 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 no. Now that's trusting God taking your family to Africa. It's one thing for you to go.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that, that his wife allowed it to happen too is wonderful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's she just, must be, just God doing for him.
3: Yeah. She must be big hearted as well.
1: She is. She is. So, so you guys, y'all have a great week and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Hello. This is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding recovery podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.